Don't touch that dial. Grab a seat in front of the television, not too close. And don't pick at the marshmallows, cause here comes the frosted side. With the Daves, Dave Morrison and Dave Linquist. Saturday morning, it's a magical ride. So hop on board with the frosted side. Dave M, Dave L, watch the Saturday shows and give you useful facts that only Morrison knows. Oh, and bring on a guest, review a cartoon and a sugary cereal. Grab a spoon, don't touch that channel. Grab some chow, the frosted side. It begins now. Hola, vivendos a frosted side. Yo soy Dave Morrison con. David Lindquist. Ole! Arriba! We'll get into why we're talking in Espanol, because my friend, who is now out in Arizona, our special guest this week, Hope Anderson, is heading the Spanish language department out at Arizona State University. And this was a fun one, I got to tell you. We've been doing the show for about two years, and we've had some pretty interesting guests and picks. But I grew up on Gem, so it was wicked easy to review Gem, Journey Through Time. Now, the cereal she picked, the Hershey's Kisses, well, we'll get into that. Uh, Dave, how was it grabbing your cans outside? <laughs> yeah, kind kind of a, a chaotic night over here. My headphones were out in the uh, car, but uh, my my real delay was uh, we were giving my daughter a uh, quick bath, and uh, well, the same thing happened a few nights ago, but for the second time since she was born, and you know we we've been on a good run. You know she will be fourteen months in two days, but we got the. Oh, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, the poop in the tub situation. So. <laughs> and that age is wicked tough. It'll get easier, but right now, oh my goodness. Yeah, but um, no, it's uh, it's great with her being this age, man. I, I think we've really lucked out in that, you know, we're not going through the 2020 chaos, you know, in the process of having a kid and she's not school age. So we're not having to deal with that whole stress either. So, you know, things no, are good. Knock on wood. Yeah. No, it's a very stressful time around here and, and just about everywhere. And I just returned back to my job at the Courier Museum and everything is Hunky-dory, we've got all the protocols for COVID-19. Obviously, I have yet to run into an anti-masker, and let's just keep it that way. And we have a new exhibit that I, I want to promote, but at the same time, it's almost like I don't want so many people rushing to the new open world exhibit, which yeah. pays tribute to video games and the history of video games from its humble beginnings and foundings in New Hampshire. Yeah, it has roots in the Granite State to GTA, and it's a whole uh, chronological That's history. Cool. Yeah, Space Invaders to Grand Theft Auto, and it's really cool, and uh, I can't give out any more. You're going to have to check it out at the Courier Museum in Manchester, and that's just a free plug from my mouth to your ears if you guys are listening wherever fine podcasts are available of course you are where else would you well, be at this I, time i mean new hampshire is a great state for that in general i don't know how, new hampshire is uh, a great state i i i, I well it is oh, a great no, state no, actually no, no. specifically for for video game type stuff i believe they also have the uh the largest arcade in the world is up there 
Yep, like, uh, and there's a little bit of an exhibit. In Laconia. Yeah. yeah, yep, there's uh, there's that, and uh, we go through, like I said, the history of video games, Nintendo, Sega Genesis. kind of weird having to go back into the groove. I got about 20,000 steps today, and it's weird because it's pretty much the most steps I've gotten since we closed down back in March when the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. I uh, This is also the first weekend we've got coming up where it's actually going to be down in the 70s in quite some time. So that's kind of my goal tomorrow, too, is just walk, move around as much as humanly possible. Now, when you walk, do you guys wear masks or are you guys distant enough from other people where it's just kind of a judgment call We're, feeling up to it? Yeah. We're in such a suburban area that it is wear masks and put them down unless you see someone walking up which happens you know if we're out walking for a half hour we'll pass by maybe five people so it's you know mostly down and just put them up now and then but it's not like uh like where i was kind of in somerville where it would be impossible to do something like that so yeah my friend hope anderson uh, was our special guest this week and thank you to hope for anybody who's not around the greater little area hope anderson has been involved in a lot of social and political issues and uh, it, what a time to be a social and political activist especially in this uh, kind of you know de- debilitating what's what's the word uh, i'm looking for uh, <laughs> i've got a lot of words but i'm not sure I'm oh yeah no I, I i have a lot of adjectives to describe this uh, bummer of a society, but Hope has been involved in some of the political and nonprofit causes here in the city of Lowell. Now she's taking her talents across the country. Actually, she's already at her new uh, place of residence. She and her boyfriend are out at Arizona State University. As I mentioned earlier, she's going to be heading up the Spanish language department out there. I don't want to give Hope uh, too much. I don't want to blow Hope's cover too much, but she picked one hell of an episode, Journey Through Time, Gem from 1988, and uh, Hershey S'more Serial. Love the cartoon. Uh, the serial... Uh, what do you think yeah i mean it is what it is we get into Uh, it we don't get into it for very long it was no we don't offensive and there so it it was serial so so just because we do get into her move a bit in the episode uh it did go yes we do they're out there and settled and everything uh pretty much yeah because i've been following her move on social media she uh took some pictures from all her stuff she was in st louis at one point or st louis and she was in oklahoma and she did the route 66 thing i think and now she's out in the desert and uh, that's one hell of a place to be i also i also have a cousin out there yeah uh who works for the government in maricopa county and uh, you know they just had a brush fire about a month and a half ago oh, yeah so. yeah crazy times indeed but uh that's why we do the show because we want to take your mind off of all your troubles at least to the best of our ability <laughs> So uh, I, I also want to uh, touch on uh, a special announcement for everyone. Uh, we have merch. Yes, we've been teasing this. Yeah, t- uh, we have merchandise. Uh, tea Public is is where you can go get it. Uh, I'm actually taking a quick look right now. You may be able to just look up the frosted side on Tea Public and uh, pull it up on there. Uh, if that's not the case. Um, I will, will 
tag our social media account. I'll, uh, I'll make sure we post a link to uh, and get it pretty much stuck on everything. Uh, I got some shirts sent my way. Uh, they got one for you here, Dave, and some stickers. Thank you. Stick a frost yeah, we got sticker on your laptop or car or something. And uh, yeah, it's mm, pretty cool stuff. Absolutely. Oh, that's uh, perfect. And uh, for the shirts, are they just regular T-shirts? Do we have any tank tops because it is still summer out and with, you know uh, no when it with t public it's across the board there there are uh, a lot of different designs i believe tank tops are available of ours i think you can get uh hoodies and even the uh kind of baseball style t-shirts it looked like were available so uh it's pretty what? customizable yeah that is pretty cool. Well, yeah. I'm going to take the shirt that you gave me, and uh, I might even order some tank tops because it's still summer, and I still got to show off my arms, and yeah. uh, I hope Watch you're not eating guns. some cereal. Uh, the best way to describe my arms, you know the Simpsons episode, the city of New York City versus Homer, when Homer is out on the street and he sees the golf galage uh, food vendor, no bull stick. <laughs> That's the best way to describe these Mediterranean guns of mine. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it, Dave. <laughs> well, I'm trying to gain uh, new listenership and uh, yeah, new subscribers. You you know, one way to do it. Those arms will do it. Yes, oh, but, yeah. Oh, so if anyone wants a, uh, a small portion of that goes toward us and uh we'll be excited to have that also if uh if we've got any like artistic listeners out there right now all we've got uh going on is the logo if anyone has some other ideas for shirts or anything along those lines uh just hit us up across you know essentially any social media platform um, through the facebook page instagram something like that and uh if we like it, we'll try and get uh, your designs up. So, uh, yeah, if you've got any serial or cartoon-inspired uh, ideas for us, uh, please just send them our way. All right. All right, so let's get into the episode with Hope Anderson. Uh, thank you, Hope, once again for joining us on such short notice. She came on the program just after she had her staging when they were putting their house up for sale and talk about good timing. And so she got her facts together and she picked one hell of an episode, Gem Journey Through Time from 1988 and Hershey's Kisses Cereal. So don't touch that dial. Grab a seat in front of the television, not too close. And don't pick at the marshmallows because here comes another episode of The Frosted Side with the Daves, Dave Morrison and Dave Linquist. Howdy, gang. Welcome to another episode of The Frosted Side. I am Dave Morrison, and you are? Dave Lindquist. Hola. And uh, I'm about to try something for the first time in Frosted Side history. I hope you don't mind, and we'll explain in a second, because our special guest, a friend of mine, she is an activist here in Lowell, soon to be heading out to Arizona to take her talents to Arizona State University, Hope Anderson. I'm going to try this right now. It's speaking in Espanol. Hope my abuelita up in heaven isn't going to kill me. But hola, viviendos a la frosted side. Yo soy David Morrison con... David Lindquist. 
Olé! And of course, as we mentioned, she's a friend of mine here in Lowell. We met a couple years ago. I would like to welcome to the program Hope Anderson. Thank you so much for joining us. It is late at night here on a Thursday night, but by the time we get this out there, you and Ty will probably be on the road to Arizona. It's a hell of a time to be traveling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be quite the trip. So thank you for having yeah. me. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And Hope and I go back. We were involved in some activism. For people who follow me on social media, they know that I'm a little bit of a rabble rouser, miscreant uh, when I'm not doing who, who the you? side. And Hope and I, what's that, Dave? He said, "Who are you?" Yo, me, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Especially not today. No, I had a little bit of a feud with Trapped, the uh, the new metal group from Ohio, wherever the hell they're from. Uh, the headstrong guys, they were too headstrong to take me on. Anyway, so I, I do get into it on, on Facebook and Twitter. I'm very involved in social justice and making sure that we have a better society. And uh, that's where I came across Hope Anderson in my travels in and around the area. And like I said, Hope is going to be leaving us in a couple of weeks. She and her boyfriend are going to be moving out to Arizona. She's going to be taking the role, correct me if I am wrong, Hope, uh, language coordinator at Arizona State University. Close, yeah. I'm oh, okay. Be directing the Spanish second language program. So it's... A lot of responsibility, but a good opportunity to use what I've been studying and doing for work for years, working in Spanish programs around the country. So well, well, congratulations and and vivendos uh, felicidades uh, on the nuevo trabajo. When are you leaving? Uh, dos semanas. Um, week from tomorrow. So. Oh wow! Like you said, I'll probably be on the road by the time you get the episode up. All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I got to tell you, Dave Linquist. Uh, my friend Hope picked a hell of a choice. Uh, the cereal uh, we're going to try later on. It's Hershey's Kisses cereal. But Gem, Season 2, Episode 23, Journey Through Time. And we've been doing this show how long, Dave? Almost two years, you'd say, uh, pretty much. Yeah, we got our start. On that now. Wow. At, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we got our start at the now very infamous 1590 WSM. And yes, I used to work there and. <laughs> I'm sure people who are listening to this right now probably don't know the story. It was embroiled in, in some controversy. One of the former hosts that I used to produce, she's no longer part of the station, thank goodness. But that's where Dave and I recorded our very first podcast for those who have been following us since the very beginning. And in the two years that we have been doing this program, I don't think I've ever had a guest pick a cartoon that I still watch to this day. And every episode is as good as the last. And it was Jem's Journey Through Time. And uh, I, I guess for me, it was one of the first cartoons that I actively remember growing up in central Massachusetts. And uh, I, I think Jem was – it was kind of cool even for a guy to see a female superhero – uh, uh, being a rock star, uh, being Jerrica Benton by day and uh, Jem, the rock star at, uh, at night and having synergy. Uh, 
uh, turn her into a hologram and of course the band it was it, it was it was fun to watch and i think it was one of the first real cartoons that i looked forward to on saturday morning in syndication watching i don't know about you dave but uh hope um thank you so much for picking this one i know you had you had such short notice Oh, well, it's funny. When you first reached out to me about a cartoon, I thought, well, you know, I don't know what I could talk about Mm -hmm. that would be unique. And then suddenly it hit me that I wanted to talk about Gem because um, I remember watching it, of course, as a kid. Uh, It was a little more memorable in terms of just some of the episodes and some of the songs and plots than some of the other cartoons that I watched. Uh, And I remembered this particular episode. I think I had kind of forgotten about it until I I looked up a list of top 10 episodes and this was number one. And as I looked through the list, I I sort of remembered seeing some of them. And when I got to this one, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this one because, you know, it's funny. I was a really big fan of Jem. I was, you know, around, I guess, around four when this episode came out. Um, So I don't remember, you know details as much uh, from a lot of the episodes had to had to rewatch it for for tonight but uh, I had the dolls I had some of the dolls I had books I remember like one of them I think at least was like a choose your own adventure book that was in fact I know it was a choose your own adventure style gem book um, I had the the toy guitar oh um, I was a big fan yeah and the so dolls cool. actually came with uh, cassette tapes of the songs Um, like really short cassette tapes that had, uh, one or two songs each. And I had, uh, gem, I had pizzazz, I had synergy who somehow they made into a human shaped doll. Um, and I think I had Rhea, the drummer. Sure. Um, so any misfits came with, uh, yeah, pizzazz. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. And they were like a little bigger than Barbies. Uh, so they could, you know, they couldn't really wear Barbie clothes and shoes, but Barbie could probably wear their clothes. So I kind of played with them with my Barbies too. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were um, still not very human proportioned. Mm. <laughs> Maybe a little better than Barbie, but not by much. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I was a big fan. So when you asked me to do this, I thought, okay, Jim. hope like as you were kind of getting at with like the merchandising and toys and stuff that that's like i don't remember the show very well david you know something that's definitely stuck with you over the years but what i remember is just there was so much stuff out there for it i I guess it was the first same team of uh hasbro and a couple cartoon companies the same team that put together like gi joe and transformers so this was like one of those shows that was Mm -hmm. like made to churn out those toys and that merchandise and you know have something on the shelf and like it's the perfect look for it like it's just so of the time and like hip and uh, i i didn't have any of the toys but i i can see wanting to play with them totally get that actually it was marvel and sunbeam that produced gem oh marvel was involved yes Yes, it was was marvel studios comic out for it too yeah, so this episode, Journey Through Time, Season 2, Episode 23, and I have the date right here. It 
aired January 6, 1988 on first run syndication and then later the USA Network, which is where I picked up on the show. I think it, it, it aired on USA a couple of years before it was canceled on first run syndication. Local networks here like WLVI TV 50. 56, which is now a CW affiliate, you'd come home at the end of the day, you'd turn on some of the over-the-air channels, and you'd watch your, your favorite cartoons, whether it be after school or on Saturday morning, because the big networks and the small networks, that's what they used to do back in the days of Saturday morning television world. But uh, that's where I first came into contact with Jim and the holograms. And it's just, it's so, it's so cool to have a female superhero in an era where there were so many cartoons targeted towards young boys. If you didn't have G.I. Joe and the Saturday morning shows, you'd have WWF. And for a girl, I can imagine hope that it was so refreshing, not a girl. Well, I mean, when you were growing up, it was so refreshing to have a female superhero. Is that? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I grew up with sort of the messaging of girls can do anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that messaging kind of falls flat if you don't see representation in media. Right. And it wasn't just gender representation. I mean, Jem, obviously, it's centering the white female at the front of the band, but it did have the diverse cast. Right. The, the adopted sisters that were all different ethnicities and they were all important and all had important roles to play. So I think that was, you know, uh, probably part of the color blindness mentality of the of the 80s, so to speak. But also, I think it did have important diversity in the in the cast, uh, or at least in the characters. Um, and, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, it's it's easier to show it than tell it. So if you tell girls, you know, you can do anything sure. uh, and they're not seeing that represented in the, in the media, I think that's that's a tougher sell. Also, something that, you know, is a little more subtle is that um, Rio, right? Purple Gems hair, yeah. Interest never figures out, right? That Jem and Jerrica are the same person, um, and but yet all the members of the band know it, right? So I mean, it's like mm -hmm. the, the female characters have more of a more of a one up on some of the male characters in terms of knowing what's actually going on too, which is which is a little bit. Um, <laughs> and not to spoil anything, because I'm sure our listeners have seen every single episode, but uh, we'll we'll just spill the beans. In the final episode, there's a truce between Jem and the holograms and the misfits who are always billed as the villains. Obviously, we're going to get into that in this episode because it's no different here. But uh, it, it it must. Uh, I don't know if you saw that particular episode, the f uh, the series finale of Jem Hope, but it, it, it's empowering to see women, young women, uh, coming together uh, to form a truce because you, you don't want to see women fighting against each other, especially uh, within the ever-changing world. And you talk about representation, and part of the representation is girls and women sticking together. No yeah. infighting. Yeah, I you know. I actually don't remember if I ever saw that episode. I am just judging by the date you gave for when this one aired. I think I was five when this episode aired. Okay. So I was what? If this was, you know, if it went out, how many seasons? It did actually it ran for three seasons from three seasons. So I was probably six when it went off the air. So I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, but now that I know how to find it online, um, legally, I may uh, add, thank, thank you, you to be television me to it. Um. Yep, Tubi. Hashtag Tubi. Um, I I may go back and watch the the finale now because now I do want to <laughs> want to see how that 
how that turned out, whether or not I actually watched it when I was six or not. So, so forgive me for jumping in here, but I I gotta say, Hope, I'm, I'm impressed you were watching it at, at that age. I I just, uh, I remember the show being on at the time, at the time I was born in 81. So yeah, around the same age, maybe six, seven years old when it was on and it just being over my head because there's such a like music industry kind of business component to it. And as we'll get into in this episode, there is just so much happening. And I mean, I think that speaks to the quality quality of the show too especially like what you guys were getting at with shows marketed to girls at the time there was some really simplistic stuff out there with your your rainbow brights and your strawberry shortcakes and my little ponies of the world those those sort of you know greeting card or you know action figure focused shows and this is like faster and sharper than that there's a lot going on you're like learning stuff in it like this this one teaches us a little bit about history but at the same time like kids want to like grow up to be someone like these characters and uh yeah well i'm impressed it was definitely a little over my head when i was that age attempting to watch it yeah i mean i'm not sure entirely what i picked up from it at the time but i just remember being infatuated with Jem and always like running around the house singing the songs (laughs) along with the cassette tapes that came with the dolls and you know i don't entirely know for sure that I watched it when it was first aired. I mean, I'm just using the episode air dates. I mean, I think so. It's possible I saw it in reruns a tiny bit later, but um, I mean, I was also a musician from a young age. Uh, I started taking piano when I was four. So, I mean, I already know who knew who Mozart was. So when I saw this, um, so I mean, it's possible that, you know, it was a tiny bit later, but um, I did have that exposure at least. And I, I remember being really excited um, about Mozart being mm. in this episode. When I, saw it when I was little. Oh, that so. depiction of that depiction yeah. of Mozart. <laughs> well, we like to go off subject here on the frosted side, and I'm usually the one that likes to initiate that. So part of my other job is teaching, a substitute teaching when I'm not doing my voiceover or, or working at, at the museum. So anywho, I'm uh, teaching music to some fifth graders and sometimes you just say screw it and you put in a little video of whatever music related video the kids like and there was a video i think it was targeted towards a bunch of younger uh, maybe older kids but it was a video on bach i think it was produced up in canada and it was just awful the kids were sitting around nobody was really interested some kids were crying other kids wanted to go to the bathroom and that's why i love this episode because it's grabbing the kids attention who are already fans of gem but you're also teaching them a little bit about music history but you're not using the actual names of the artists unless it's mozart and dave yeah i noticed that (laughs) well dave's a lawyer he knows a thing or two about copyright laws was this a thing that the uh the production company did not allow in the episode to use the name of Jimi hendrix and the glenn miller orchestra was was mozart yeah, yeah, where um, Mozart, yeah, definitely fully in the uh, ah. public domain by that point. Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure as far as Glenn Miller goes, but uh, Hendrix, uh, his estate, I think, went so far as to trademark his name. There's some relative, I think it's a brother, a half brother or something, and they uh, were known as, I, th- I think, being particularly strong about sort of curating his estate and, you know, re-releasing music and I suppose he's sold a lot more records, you know, 
post-death. If you're making a cartoon like this, you're probably just afraid of butting heads there. I, I think they, I, I think Johnny, Johnny Beldricks was the name. They ben Teller the, uh, was the, the name of the Glenn Miller Orchestra. <laughs> And interestingly enough, the final song uh, about uh, rock and I think it's rock and roll is here to stay or the final song used. They actually use the last names, the actual last names, Hendrix and Miller, which I, I figured must have been some sort of licensing agreement. Well, I mean, at this point, they're talking about historical mm. musicians, right? At this point, they're not adding, you know, dialogue yeah, but, or. Yeah, they're, they're not characters they're depicting their you know, talking about them in the song. Yeah, that, yeah. They, that they'd be able to get away with. It, it, interestingly enough, they had the singing voice of Jim, who was Britta Phillips, who's a very well-known actor and musician. And I, I am actually friends with her on Facebook. No, I don't actually know her in real life, but that pretty much sums up 95% of everybody I know on social media. And Samantha Newkirk does the speaking voice of Jim. And it's really hard to distinguish the singing voice from the actual speaking voice because they it almost sounds like it's being done by one person. I don't know if anybody else picked up on that. Yeah, I, I, w- I would not have realized that was a different person doing both. But. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't have realized it. I mean, when I started reading up on it, you know, as an adult, I saw that. But as a kid, you know, you don't think about it. No, it's the little nuances that you pick up on. And also, speaking of uh, the the little things, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Season one used the 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 universe the universally known theme song, "Gem Glitter and Excitement." But season two, it was more of a sped up, different key arrangement of the theme. It's "Gem Gem is Gem is my name," and I don't know if anybody else noticed that they used a different arrangement in season two than they and three than they did in season season one for the show. Oh, I never picked up on that. Yeah, no. I did notice that because one of the songs that came with the dolls was the theme song. And so like I kind of expected that to be what was playing at the beginning of the episode. And I put this on and I was like, wait, this is like We Are Gem Yeah, it was this weird. Different. But then the one at the end, the credits music was, mm. I think. Here. Yeah, no. And then during the bumpers, they, they switched that up from the first episode uh, all the way through. And uh, uh, it's, like I said, it's the little things. And of course, you have the uh, you have the misfits, the enemies. And then you have Eric Raymond, who manages her father's her late fa- uh, Jerrica Benton's late father's publishing company, Starbright Music. And he's voiced by Charlie Adler, who is a legendary voice actor. And of course, he will do anything to destroy Jerrica and Jim and the holograms. And uh, he's just he's just a real asshole putting it out there. Typical male chauvinistic music industry head honcho. Was was he also the one who did the voice of uh, that character's um, his helper there, Tech Rat, who had that like almost like weird Cobra Commander yes, sounding I voice? So. Like, I'm going to check on that. Right, the, the like most jarring. I loved uh, I loved that character. Very hipsterish. Which he just really Very jumped out at me. <laughs> I mean, it was it was actually funny in that episode, you know, with the misfits thinking that he had actually been the one who was there at Woodstock who stopped them and not knowing that he was right. a hologram put there by Jem and Synergy. But like he's still, you know, it's like you, you don't feel badly for them unfairly targeting him because he deserved it. Not for that, but he did deserve it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the swarmiest voices of of all cartoon history. He talks like this. Oh, no. <laughs> 
I'm looking it up right now. I mean, he has a he has a very yeah he did Tech Rat. There it is, Gem, 1985 through 1988. Eric <laughs> Eric Raymond, Tech Rat right. voices, and he also was uh, Silverbolt on Transformers, Shadow Master, pu- uh, Pound Puppies, and uh, Pluck on Ducktales. Oh yeah, and, and uh, oh my God, it's just going down the list. He was also on. Uh, Rugrats. He did Rugrats mm. and Yogi and and Tiny Toon Adventures. Buster Bunny. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This is this is quite a, a resume that Charlie Adler has. But yeah, he did Tech Rat on the oh, uh, on, on Gem. So you want that that that's the one voice that just leapt out at me. It's amazing. <laughs> so you want to get going on this? Get started. Yeah, yeah. Let's launch into it. You're, uh, you're, you're good at the initial summarizing. If you want to, all right. And, and just, and just before we go, and, and, and I'll say it. Just and another thing, you we forget to point out that this was in 1985 at the beginning or right around the time that music television really started to become part of the American fabric. And I think that Marvel and Stanley and and Sunbrow they wanted to capitalize on music television and girl power. And this was just the perfect marriage waiting to happen. great name synergy their their magical computer character well well, as we know synergy in a later episode was based off of jim's mother who was a singer who was killed in a plane crash and of course the father died of what seems to be cancer although they don't really mention it in the episode they kind of hint at a brain tumor but yeah that was built by jim's father synergy to replicate the voice of the mother uh to always be with jim which I thought was really, really sweet. And it really is a dark cartoon if you think about it. It, it, it is a foster home, Starbright home. and Slash music company? Yeah, I, I'm yeah it is. Sure it's that. a foster home that the parents started because Jem's mother was a foster child growing up herself. And she wanted to teach Jem about the importance of taking in people who might not have a home or might be looking for a family to call their own. And it, it is sad. There's some episodes where uh, the uh, the people from the foster agency come in or social services. They come in and check on the girls. I mean, it's really teaching young kids about some of the the tragedies in life that you might not have to deal with growing up, but other kids might have to uh, have to go through, which is really uh, uh, amazing for a cartoon that is targeted towards the younger audience. You know, they, they went there back in the eighties. They, they had no chill. They dealt with a lot of social issues. So we got the tech rat trying to, te- um, uh, go in and hack synergy and send the holograms back into time in exchange for a musician who was from the past, say Mozart to come, forward into 
present day 1987 or 1988, and there are some problems. I dare not step foot outside my door for fear his men will grab me. But you have to play Mr. Uh, Mozart. You may call me Wolfie. <laughs> Don't worry, Wolfie. We'll make sure you get to your concert. Get ready to leave by another door. We'll distract Solieri's men. We'll see you at the concert. <laughs> I bet Solieri never dealt with anything like Synergy before. Shayna, I need your help. Synergy, change Shayna to Mozart. Oh, that's great, Synergy. A classic. Okay, follow me. Yeah, so uh, the, the the Mozart segment in, in particular is just the the, the d- dynamic with Salieri there, and uh, just the depiction of Mozart and his weird his weird giggle and the flirtation back and forth. It's it's a strange a little, little segment, but also you know r- ridiculously entertaining at the same time. Like such such a product of the time uh hope you said like the it was kind of that music element of it and like music history coming into it that sort of drew you to this episode yeah i mean i remember being really excited about it at the time but again i don't remember details from back then so i had to had to watch it again and you know it's funny the more i think about the gender roles too in it that it's actually jem who's rescuing mozart right from salieri's men (laughs) um not the other way around um, because he's afraid that Salieri is going to stop him from performing at his concert. And so Jem has the idea of making one of her bandmates appear as a Mozart hologram. Uh, so they think that they are capturing him when they're capturing Jem and, and her bandmates. So I thought that was interesting too. Um, but yeah, I mean, so some of the subtlety obviously is, is maybe lost on, on the little ones, but some of the underlying principles I think are, are good that it's not the damsel in distress. It's the, (laughs) it's Gem and the holograms saving the day for some of the characters they encounter as well. Most noble emperor, it seems Herr Mozart does not deign to fulfill his obligations to you this evening. Therefore, I, Solieri, stand ready to play a sonata of my own composition. Archbishop, where is your fabled musician Mozart? You guaranteed me a special performance. I, I'm sorry, your majesty. <laughs> I have arrived! I beg the forgiveness of my emperor and my prince archbishop for my tardiness. May the sweetness of the sonata written for your eminences earn the gratitude of your hearts. And so they listen to Mozart composing. What what was he composing? I I, I don't know the name of the, the piece. So they called it, in the episode, they called it a Rondo Song Sonata or something to that effect. It was the... Um, it's 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 from the sonata i believe it's in a major k331 something like that it's the rondo alla turca is the um it's from the fast Mm. movement at the end of the sonata so what they had him playing there was just a portion of it from sort of the the climax of the of the sonata Mm. my wolfie will challenge you to a duel hey take it easy sweetheart we'll have you home in no time do something send her back all right but i don't know what's going to happen don't tell me you did something right for a change oh no no what happened say this doesn't look like london yeah did we take a wrong turn somewhere gem is trying to get a hold of synergy she's having a little bit 
of a hard trouble getting getting through. But uh, regardless, the holograms end up in London, 1944, during the Blitz. Did we hear somebody mention Ben Tiller? We're in his horn section. Are you fans? Yeah. Then come on and watch our rehearsal. You shouldn't be outside with all the buzz bombs dropping anyway. We'd love it. I'm Jim, and this is my band. <laughs> A female band? Come on. I can't wait to spring you on Ben. And they got the two male musicians, and they're in the horn section for the Ben Tiller Orchestra. In fact, you can see the poster ben tiller 1944 because they're not sure what year they're in and they can see the the blitz with the bombs going off in the background and uh, as the two musicians make misogynistic comments they're nice enough to at, at the very least give the girls shelter and show them off to the ben tiller orchestra and they compose a little piece that's kind of a tribute to not only the Glenn Miller Orchestra, but the Andrews Sisters. It kind of reminds you of Don't Sit oh, Under the Apple Tree oh, or I'll See yeah. an Apple oh, Blossom Time. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, there is a, there's a familiar feeling to it. And yeah, I, I, I didn't place it, but yeah, there, there's there's definitely a hint of that in there. That's that's a great quote. It, it, it's so, and like I said, not, not only with Mozart, but the Andrews sisters were very instrumental during that whole time period in terms of musicianship and mezzo-soprano vocals. You can kind of hear that in Britta Phillips' voice. You can hear the tribute to Patty, Maxine, Laverne, Andrews. Even Ben Tiller is very appreciative of the girls. He's like, wow, I guess you girls are all right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Subtle misogyny for 1988 or 1944. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's weird because it was, it was, you know, trying to make the opposite message and, you know, turn it into a positive thing. It's like hit that, hey, girls can do anything message, but that, that way of framing it, it, yeah, now through our lens, there's, you know, something to be said for that. But um, so one, one, one thing I did want to quickly touch on is just like how much information and stuff they crammed in here. Like you could have hopped from one concert to another. This is a what, 22 minute long cartoon or something. But that whole like instead of just, you know, hopping to here's a performance somewhere they they, they do the whole setting the tone. And like, all right, this this is during the Blitz. This is 1944. This is what's going on around. And they just happen across that poster and that, you know, leads them into the performance like not a lot of other cartoons at this time would give you that sort of 
context and expect like their child audience to like be able to follow it even. Yeah. And by doing so, I mean, they cut out some of the boring parts, right? That, you know, by including some of the setup, you think that it might be more boring, but it actually is not because they are, they accomplish a lot of things very quickly um, and cut to just kind of the key moments of the setup so that then they can go to the performance and it's more meaningful because you've seen the setup for that without taking a lot of time to set it up. Yeah, it certainly didn't slow it down at all, that's for sure. Mm -mm. And you have to wonder if anybody in the audience at these shows, whether it be Mozart or the Ben Tiller Orchestra, they're thinking Jim and the Holograms, never heard of them, and they just randomly show up and they start doing their little boogie-woogie-woogie-boy from Company B act. It's kind of like saying wow they're they're part of history but no and if i were in the audience first off it would be wicked hard for anybody off the street to you know to at least in real life uh to be performing with one of the biggest orchestras in big band history regardless of talent and of course we know jim and the holograms are very very talented but point being is that it, it, it's a cartoon in real life that would never happen. And if it did happen in real life where they would come on stage and they'd make a cameo and they'd get a, uh, the uh, audience to applaud them and so on, they would be wondered the audience would be wondering what the hell happened to Jim and the holograms. It would be like, okay, they're, they're from the future. And uh, uh, are they real people? And that would really, I, I think that would freak people out. But of course, the musicians are just kind of like, oh, uh, you you seem very random. Well, come on stage. They're just so friendly. They're so welcoming, even with the with the hints of of misogynistic male chauvinism. <laughs> What's never really explained, right, is, I mean, there are people in the audience in 1944 who then would still be alive in 1988, who then 44 <laughs> years later are like, wait a minute, when I was a kid, I heard of a band called Gem and the Holograms that only performed one concert ever. I Maybe they don't get into that. Yeah, yeah no, somebody would uh, accuse them of ha <laughs> suffering from senility. And uh, of course, that's a, that, maybe that's a continuity issue for another time, another episode. But uh, so, it doesn't detract from the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think they do sort of address this to some some extent with our our next jump in time. Not not to skip ahead much, but there there's a certain uh, hippie who witnesses this time travel taking place and uh, just sort of writes it off as a bad trip. Oh my god! <laughs> Amazed they were able to sneak into a children's cartoon like that. Oh yeah. They were able to get away with so much shit back in 1988. Trust me, it, it it they went there. Those those cartoons went there. But yes, they're at Woodstock, and here comes Johnny Beldrix. Watch out for the bombs! Hey, foxy lady, you're as bad a shape as I am. There aren't any bombs here. This is Woodstock. Woodstock? Come on, a lot of good music to listen to. Thank you very much. I'm sorry for the... Wait a minute. You're Johnny Beldrix, the legendary rock guitarist. Now you're coming into focus. So, and, and then we get another, you know, the, the same kind of similar conflict and, you know, another great sort of musical number at the end. Um, sort of yeah, except this time the Misfits also are transported back oh, uh, right, to Woodstock. Yeah. And so there's the face-off between the holograms and the Misfits and Synergy ends up being sort of launched onto the stage 
at that point as well. So it really has the more, you know, they're, they're ramping up the tension, right, at each, at each uh, point in time. Because first they're witnessing the Mozart's concert, right? Then they're on the stage with the Ben Teller Orchestra, and then they're on stage facing off against the misfits, trying to figure out who's going to perform at Woodstock. You pick and choose your battles. I'd rather stay in time in Woodstock in, in Bethel, New York, than the World History of Music Fest if I were a musician. Yeah, which is why the misfits are very upset that Eric, quote unquote, right, materializes out of nowhere and, and tells them that they can't do it because they belong to him, uh, which, you know, is not actually him, but um, it stops them. And so, yeah, I mean, they're very upset that they didn't get to play Woodstock. Mm. They they established a relationship with that other producer who was working with um, the the Hendrix knockoff or whatever pretty darn quickly. Like, it seemed like there was some dynamic there. Like, oh, no, you will go on stage with them. <laughs> it seemed to come from almost nowhere. They make it back. The holograms are able to do a little montage of all the music moments in, in history. And they mention Glenn Miller. They mention Jimi Hendrix. They mention Mozart. Rock and roll knowledge in less than two minutes. though is that their original attempt at recording the song uh, that they're planning to perform at the concert at the beginning of the episode when Jem says no this isn't right you know we need to uh, you know I, I forget exactly what she says but something like we need to give it more depth it's interesting that at first right in their first attempt they actually do have a bunch of cultures sort of represented by the holograms dressing up in the different costumes and having different flags or whatever I don't remember exactly how they did it right. but they they had outfits that looked Mexican and all these different, you know, countries represented. She goes, no, that's not quite good enough. Whereas at the end, yeah, it's definitely more specific. It has, you know, people mentioned like Mozart and Glenn Miller, but it also doesn't have any, right, of the <laughs> non-Western um, traditions represented by the end. So, you know, she's got a different focus at the end, but she's also left out all the things that, you know, weren't really mentioned just sort of acknowledged in passing with a you know a costume but there is definitely a different focus at the end which you know you always have to leave something out and by the end their own personal experiences have have uh caused them to leave different things out and eric raymond gets shit on again because he's very useless 
So at least to the misfits. So you guys are both a lot more familiar with the sh- show than I am, and I, I know the musical numbers kind of cut throughout. But was this sort of the template with the show? Did it did it end with like a song, sort of finding a way of summarizing the episode, or like here's what we learned from like like each episode had that that one like big one at the end because the music was decent throughout, but it seemed like it was it was all building toward that last number there. I think it did. I mean, I don't really remember offhand now because I only went back and watched this one episode right. for the yeah. for the recording. And I we tried to introduce mm. a friend to the show a few years back <laughs> and watched a few of the early episodes, but I don't I don't remember exactly from that as well. But I I think so. I mean, I know the music is definitely built in throughout, and most of the songs are pretty simplistic mm-hmm. uh, right. in terms yeah. of the lyrics, in terms of the music. But yeah, the the big numbers in this one I think were exceptional, um, especially for the show. But the the template was probably pretty similar. Yeah, and a lot of the gem episodes usually ended with some sort of song of accomplishment because Jem would always win in the end and the misfits would be on the losing end so the gems would always uh ha- end with a maybe a two minute song not even two minutes i I'd, I'd have to say about a minute and a half if if i'm not oh, yeah. if, if i'm not mistaken and it would always be some sort of comfort there was one episode i i think they were in the arctic or in Ar- antarctica and they had this song safe and sound i think they were saving some seals if if i'm not mistaken that's another episode <laughs> but the but like you said dave the the episode is is pretty much the template is pretty much the same. So. Well, I, I, I gotta say hope. Thanks for picking this one. This was one I, I definitely yes. didn't give enough of a chance to as a kid. And yeah, it, there's, there's just so much like we keep getting on that point, but just like being able to fit all those songs in there, setting, having like four different settings, like hopping back and forth between time and, you know, and don't forget the dinosaurs. That- Oh my God! I forgot about the dinosaurs. How could I wow. do that? My girlfriend is listening right now. She's gonna right? kill me. Oh God! Oh, she'll definitely kill me right now. Oh. Okay, Kim, I didn't forget the dinosaurs. All yeah, right. You did. I now didn't forget the dinosaurs. Di- <laughs> Thank you, Hope. Thank you for picking this one. All right. So we haven't forgotten the dinosaurs. Uh, we're going to do some cereal right now. What do you say, gang? Yeah, sounds yeah. good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I've got it handy here, so I'll, I'll just let you guys sort I'm of uh, get settled. And, do we uh, need a minute? Yeah, let's all just uh, reconvene in like one to two minutes. So I'll... I found this online. I was going to send it to you. They have new stuffed puffs, filled marshmallows made with real chocolate. You can get it in uh, the freezer of just about, well, not every supermarket. So is supermarket. it like an ice cream sandwich kind of situation? Like, like where's, how's the graham cracker? There, there is no graham cracker. You can just put the graham cracker separately. You can get some honey, honey made graham crackers. Oh, and put, interesting. Yeah, but they're they're kind of like little. Little bits almost doesn't look too appetizing, but if you're really into s'mores, I I would recommend. I don't know how long or where it is available, so don't take my word for it. I just came across it, uh, and it looks. Uh, it could. I don't know if it would be a game changer though. It would be. I okay. Like, I feel like that could either be great or awful. Like it's got to be one extreme or the other.
got Hershey's Kisses cereal. Now, this is a newbie. This came out, I would say, about two or three years ago, if I'm uh, estimating. Uh, no, not even. This was this was um, right around the beginning of the year, end of end of the year. I think it was like December of last year or January or so. This this is a new right. one on the show. Very good. And uh, when you picked this hope, were you a fan of Hershey Kisses on principle? Did you think that there should be a separation of church and state when it comes to cereal and Hershey Kisses? Or did you think, hmm, fuck it. Throw caution to the wind. Well, I mean, it was on the list that you oh, could okay. cereals. <laughs> because honestly, I would have probably picked Cinnamon Toast Crunch, uh, but that one had already been used. Um, if I was thinking of things that I ate back in the day when I watched Saturday morning cartoons, it probably would have been Cinnamon Toast Crunch or something else um, that was more from that era. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of super sweet cereals. Um, you know, I only remember ever having something like Lucky Charms mm-hmm. or Fruit Loops, maybe like when I was, um, you know, with like a Girl Scout camping trip or something where, you know, someone else had brought it maybe, um, you know, or I, I had it occasionally. It wasn't like I couldn't have it, but usually I really only had the sweet ones um, if they were from that multi-pack, you know, where you had like all the different little boxes uh, where some of them were sweet and some of them were not, or for a while I was just super into mm. Toast Crunch. So, but when you said the, you gave me a list of available cereals and Hershey's Kisses were on it, I said, Hershey's Kisses? I've never heard yeah. of Hershey's Kisses cereal. So yeah, I'm a big, mm-hmm. big chocolate fan. When people ask me my favorite food, I usually say chocolate. And I mm. figured I would give it a try. I'm going to give it a tr- Go ahead. So, so this isn't as overpoweringly sweet as I was expecting. Like, this this doesn't have that, like, cloyingly, like, hurts your teeth kind of thing going on. This is, like, a lot more subtle than I was expecting, given the packaging and, like, associating with the Hershey's Kisses. Like, the, this, this I can handle. It's, it's, you know, Cocoa Puffs adjacent, I guess. I'm... I'm sorry. I'm 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 thinking it's not like a, it's not as like sickly. I don't know. I've I've seen like so th- so this is a General Mills cereal, and we've seen this kind of thing from Post a lot lately. Like we we did the uh, Sour Patch Kids cereal, and Post put out these things I, I wanted to have on the show, but they had like a a Twinkie cereal, and it was just it was so sickly sweet mm. and vanilla that I, I, I you know couldn't even make it through you know a bowl of it or whatever. But this isn't this isn't quite that. Like I, honestly, I'm thinking it's cocoa puffs. In it is cocoa shape. puffs. I was just going to say it's either cocoa puffs or it's not quite. It's not quite Oreo O's, um, which I I still consider to be the best cereal that we tried. But it's not bad either. Cocoa puffs. I, I don't know. I just have this image of Kevin Harrington just downing the the, the chocolate milk from this the runoff, <laughs> and I I have that forever ingrained in my mind. Uh, this is very similar, like you say, but it's it's it holds up. 
It holds up well. It has a little bit of the um, it's the Cocoa Puffs taste, but it, you can tell it's Hershey's. I don't know what ingredient uh, they the secret ingredient they use, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, it really does taste like a milk chocolate cereal. I expected it to be more like the Oreo mm. cookie texture, um, where it wasn't as milky. Um, and it, I don't think it's just the milk that I added. I mean, because I did add dairy milk, but um, I think it is the cereal itself, too. I like the um, the sort of rough approximation of the um, Hershey's Kiss shape here. Uh, it's definitely got a. That's not what I would assume right. by looking at it. It's got some sort of vaguely triangular thing going on, but it, it, they, they they tried there. Now, do you think? Do you guys think this stands out enough to be something that's going to? St- Stick around because, like, I like it, but I like it in uh-uh. uh, it's inoffensive, really. fine it's sort of way. Like, I feel like I feel like this is going to be on the shelves for a year and then novelty. Off. If it's you can't pick it up at Demoulis or Kroger or any of your or or Wawa, you're not going to be able to pick it up anywhere else other than Target because that's where the novelty cereals are at. And as much as I don't want to offend the fans out there, this Target. is a novelty cereal. I mean that that really seems to be a trend lately. Like like I was saying, like like Twinkies. I think Hostess is like all their products, like the donuts and the honey buns and stuff. There's a cereal for each of those. I think we're seeing other candies. Like though, I mean, I guess some stick around. Like you've got the uh, Reese's peanut butter cup, uh, Reese's puff cereal, and those Oreo the Oreo cereal came and then you know went and came back. I, I guess there's some of them have stuck around, but I really can't see all of these sort of maintaining, especially. The another candy-based one like this. I, I don't know. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just like not something like I think I'll have yeah, Ditto. Hope. Yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with the rest of the giant-sized box. Oh, man. Uh, we're all having the same, same <laughs> little bit of the conundrum here because I got a, kid, a family-sized box and I don't know who I'm going to give it out to. I mean, I'm sure there's some family out there that's like, hey, you know, Hershey's. I, so this is a weird impulse, but I, I recall um, like some companies making like s'mores cereals at some point or another. I can see taking this and like mixing it with like a box of golden grams or something. So I'm like getting both the graham cracker and chocolate. And I'm like, all right, maybe, but like, yeah, just straight up by itself. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get creative in that. Or you could make like a really weird Chex Mix. I know in one of the previous episodes, one of you said you did not like Chex Mix, but just imagine adding this to it. Like a like a rice krispie treat type bar of it or something like it. Like I, they have those. I, out I, I there. think that's like if our conclusion is trying to come up with like other uses for the cereal than it, as a cereal, then it's probably they have those out there, Dave. They actually have the Hershey Kisses in the Chex Mix bars. I think. Yeah, I oh, would right. think. Yeah, At least that's what I see. They always have these crunchy granola bars, these Quaker bars that have the. The, I don't know if it's Hershey's, but they have the chocolate chips and they have the the, the granola and, as you mentioned, the checks and they have the, the peanuts and the tree nuts 
all things that I can't have because of my nut allergy. I don't know if I told you about that, Hope. Maybe I did. Yeah, when we were picking cereals, you were telling me why the list was a little bit narrower. Oh, yes. And I heard on a previous episode that one of you was a vegan, and then I thought, oh, no. I hope the marshmallows in the the Lucky Charms weren't. You know, I I just figured that out, and I'm going to tell you right now, because Josh Pratt, one of our former guests, he came – he commented on that. And I, for some reason, thought that marshmallows were vegan. And then I looked at the ingredients and I saw, oh, gelatin. (laughs) Well, I just ate something that I should have known as a grown adult. But alas, it's over with. I didn't get sick. Well, I wasn't sure Uh, if the cereal marshmallows were maybe the same consistency or not, because I thought, wait a minute, you know, uh, marshmallows have gelatin, but then I thought they're cereal marshmallows, so maybe they're like quote-unquote marshmallows, but no, they... Right. Yeah, so I thought maybe they didn't have the gelatin, maybe, but... I, I can what what I can do is I can go next time I, I go to, to to Market Basket I can go and I can just look at the ingredients um, at Lucky Charms or any cereal and I can I can report back to you guys. Uh, so how long have you been here, Hope? I know we've known each other probably for about two or three years, and I'm going to be so sad to see you go. And uh, I, I know we didn't get to know each other too too much, but we were involved in some activism Mm -hmm. uh we saw each other at the 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 dcu center in worcester Mm -hmm. um and uh uh we we've we live here in belvedere we live in the same um we live in the same area and uh you're going to be going out to arizona Yeah, i've actually um, only been here four years so it would it was it was going to be four years in august uh that i would have been here so not quite four years and yeah and i've only lived in belvedere for a year uh we just bought the house a year ago so now we're moving on but it's gonna be for the better if we survive the pandemic out there so yeah, I was wondering, and I, I know by the time, and things change by the time we always put this out, like a week or two after we get reco- uh, we're done recording and editing. But uh, are you? Do you feel good going out there? I don't want to put any more fear onto you guys. More than <laughs> don't worry, we've, it's probably going in your head, but I do that anyway. We've thought about it already. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, I was hoping to kind of wait it out long enough that the wave would have past right and um and then maybe go out during the lull before school starts back and it starts getting bad again so that was kind of the plan was just kind of wait till the middle of the summer the lull uh and that worked on the massachusetts end right it it worked i mean i've been able to uh you know i go i go out and i walk i run um try not to interact with too many other people but you know i have lately been seeing more and more people out you know who are feeling a little more confident um, being outside, um, you know, being in somewhat proximity to other people, but, uh, yeah, but in Arizona, unfortunately we couldn't wait for the wave to pass because it started two or three months after Massachusetts. So, you know, I, they were saying, oh yeah, maybe it's not going to hit here. And I'm thinking, yeah, or it could just hit at the worst time. And sure enough. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully, yeah, thanks. Well, hopefully, hopefully things will, will at least be logical with back to school and appropriate measures will be taken because I can't imagine everyone trying to go back to school and work right now with, with the wave peaking in Arizona. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but we'll try to get settled in. We'll try to, you know, pick up our, our groceries outside the grocery store or something, (laughs) whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. we need to do to stay safe and get settled. 
looking forward to the day where you don't have to come home and just wash your groceries like everybody else is doing here because you'll you'll really have to do it out there especially (laughs) except for the Uh, fact that heat kills the virus so i mean if you like when you go into the grocery store right and you come back out to the car in the middle of summer in phoenix and your car is probably like 120 130 degrees inside so then you put your groceries in the car, and by the time you get Cooking the air conditioner, I don't know how long it takes, right, to bake the, the virus away, but I'm just saying, like, by the time you get the car cooled down again, it's possible that you've already lost, like, a layer of the virus <laughs> off of your groceries just by baking them in your car. So hopefully that will help, at least with the, you know, the surface transmission. I think it's just the airborne transmission that's the, that's the biggest problem if people don't wear masks, so. Hopefully, mask usage will increase. Well, I hope. Oh, I hope. Well, we we yeah. are rooting for you with the move, and we are really, really thankful you're taking the time during you know such a Thank busy you. sort of transitional time for you to hop on with us yes. and have some fun talking about something as silly as you know a cartoon and a cereal. But you know, I don't want to call it that silly because you know, Jim, like there were some good messages in here, and I, I I I think you've kind of pulled me back into one that I'm actually going to go and like revisit, maybe watch a few more of those. I I think I got a little something. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate I the opportunity to dive back in because like i said i hadn't seen this episode in in years since i was a kid and i'd only seen a Mm -hmm. few of the early episodes um more more recently and even that was probably five six years ago so uh when i at one point a friend of mine and i tried to introduce another friend to it who was who was too young and just for to have seen it originally and just didn't didn't quite get why we were being nostalgic about it so but I'm glad you get why I was being nostalgic about it. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you were able to come on. You'll be out in the desert uh, in that dry heat. <laughs> it's a dry I've heat, frozen oven if you stick your head inside. Mm-hmm. But uh, we wish you all the best. And Hope, thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to know you in your brief time here in the Lowell area. Thank you so much for what you've done with the uh, Greater Lowell Democrats. I speak for everybody here and everybody in Massachusetts. And I say we will miss you. Thank you for joining us here on the Frosted Side. That was very nice. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really a pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, All right, yeah, Dave. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Dave is here to outro the program for the first time in a long time. Usually it's just me flying solo oh, yeah. on these oh, parts. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Dave, uh, for a peek in, inside baseball, everyone, Dave's usually the one handling all the editing on these, so he, he's the one slapping the outro together. But this, I, I feel like this episode was a particularly good one, so I'm happy to join you on this one. I think there was just something about, well, clearly not the serial, but just something about that cartoon and our guests. And rock and roll is it here just, to stay. It just worked. Yeah, man, that was... It was a lot, and I'm glad we got to talk about it because I definitely had thoughts. That's oh, sure. so did I. Special thanks once again, Hope Anderson. Good luck out there in Arizona, Hope. Thank you so much for picking, honestly, in my opinion, the best episode of any Frosted Side picks we've done so far. And uh, hopefully there'll be some other great picks uh, to come. Hopefully some Fraggle Rock fans out there. Yes, the cartoon on NBC. If you guys used to watch that, I want to hear you. Give me some of your suggestions. Uh, is there any way they can contact us, Dave? 
Yeah, uh, I believe the email is frostedpod at gmail.com. We're not checking it that frequently. I, if you have uh, questions you'd like them answered sooner, uh, our Facebook, uh, the Frosted side, our Facebook group on there is probably the quickest way to get in touch with us. We've also got the Instagram and Twitter set up at just frostedpod, I believe is the name on there. And don't forget to check out some of our merch at tpublic.com. Dave, what can they get? Oh, it's pretty much any and everything. As you were talking about in the intro, we've got uh, tank tops available, T-shirts, baseball T-shirts. You can get stickers. I set it up so there's some stationary type stuff available. I was thinking about getting a notebook with our logo on it. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot out For there. For back to school, except and, back uh, to school will be in a Petri dish or hopefully in your house virtually hopefully hopefully in your house not in not in the physical school but uh when you do go back to school you'll be the coolest kid in seventh grade i'm just saying or any grade for that matter <laughs> or you could be and like that, community and, and, you can you, you know you know doesn't you know, glendale community college you know it'll go great with your troy and abed mug <laughs> Oh, I've been uh, I've been watching back through that show. Well, Kim and I have been binging on that. Well, every, every, everything but the fourth season. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple and wherever fine podcasts are available. For Dave Linquist, I'm Dave Morrison. We'll see you next time on another episode of The Frosty. Bye guys, and thank you, Hope. Sorry, you have a delay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that happens to me. For Dave Morrison and Dave... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. I'll edit this down. All right. You want me to do it? <laughs> Why don't you go do it? I'm sorry. <laughs> go for it. For for Dave Morrison, this is Dave Linquist, and have a great one, guys. Thank you for listening to the Frosted Side, and thank you, Hope. This was a great Take episode. care, everybody. <laughs> You're the man. Yeah.